0: When HBO and David Simon hired an intimacy director to choreograph and monitor the on-set sex scenes on his show The Deuce, it started a lot of interesting conversations, and I wanted to know more. This week, I talked to one of the founders of Intimacy Directors International, Tonya Cena. This is Pop Culture Confidential. Hey guys, this is Christina Jörling-Biro. Welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to have you with us again this week. So I'd heard of stunt directors and choreographers, of course, but I'd never heard of intimacy directors until just a couple of weeks ago when I was reading about the actress Emily Mead. Emily Mead plays a porn star on David Simon's excellent HBO series The Deuce, which is set in the New York City sex trade industry of the 70s. Ms. Mead had gone to the HBO execs and she talked about wanting to see changes in the culture on set regarding sex scenes, intimate and uncomfortable situations where actors are often left to figure things out for themselves. The execs listened and they turned to the organization Intimacy Directors International. There they hired director Alicia Rodas. She came on board to work with the actors and act as an ally, so to speak, between production and performance, review the scripts, discuss the sex scenes, choreograph, for example. David Simon has reportedly said that he will never do another show without an intimacy director on his crew. So I wanted to know more about how this started and what an intimacy director actually does. So I reached out to the executive director of Intimacy Directors International, Tonia Sina. Tonia has been researching intimacy for the stage and sexual harassment in the industry since 2004. And she also advises universities on their curricula to help avoid harassment and abuse in academia. Tonia, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So you're an actress, a fight director, and a movement teacher. How did these skills translate and lead you to becoming an intimacy director? Yeah, well, I was, as a performer,
1: I started performing when I was actually quite young, I was about 14 years old. I was a teenager doing plays and musicals and things when I was um I was in a teenage group, and even at that age, there were incidents of having to perform sexual acts on stage that weren't at all choreographed. So, as a minor, I somebody who couldn't even legally consent, I was being asked to perform sex acts, which I didn't think at the time was unusual because it was the theater, and you know you just do that, you just do whatever you're told. But I also grew up in an abusive home, so I already had uh, a bit of a, an awareness of bullies in the, you know, in my mind. And so throughout my college career, when I really started understanding stage combat which I thought was wonderful because it had discipline it had rules there were exercises that we could learn it was fun you were telling stories with your body and I really loved stage combat and as a woman at the time in the early 2000s I was in the minority most of them were men that were doing it So I got a lot of experience uh, choreographing at a very, very young age, and I went to graduate school at Virginia Commonwealth University as a very young student because I had a kidney failure throughout college, and I knew that I couldn't just be a starving actress. I needed to have insurance (laughs) Uh, because, you know, that's the way we have to do things here is uh, you can't just be an artist if you have an illness, you have to find a way to pay for it. And so I was always working to pay off my insurance so that I could have health care. And so I decided to become a professor because I thought that was the best way to have a solid income and to be able to take care of myself health-wise. And so I went to Virginia Commonwealth University where um, I fell into uh, being asked to choreograph scenes that were a little bit more sexualized, and um, none of my other colleagues wanted to choreograph them. Uh, the The men didn't want to do it because they felt uncomfortable because they said, "You know, I'm not choreographing an 18 year old undergraduate, you know, doing a striptease." And I said, "I can do that. Sure, I'm not uncomfortable teaching that." And then I had to choreograph a lap dance, and then I had to choreograph a, a kissing scene, and and I just it was one thing after another, and I realized. I was getting more work than I was as a fight director and I thought this is this is a gaping hole in the industry there's there's got to be some someone who does this for a living so I went to the internet and I looked it up I looked for books I looked for anything any articles any publications that indicated that this was a job somewhere and I did not find anything not one thing and my mentors helped me look we couldn't find anything that said you know Choreographing sex scenes anywhere.
0: Yeah, I thought that was so interesting. And it's kind of what you were saying at the beginning. I've never really thought so much about the fact that many young actors and actresses are asked to perform very sexualized scenes in theater and on film, maybe even before their real own experiences. You have stunt directors to help with stunts, but nobody is guiding these actors through something like this that can be really intimate in so many ways.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So many people I've choreographed their first kiss on stage <laughs> so many times um, or the first time that they've touched somebody like this, you know, because you're working with young people and, and you don't you have to assume that that they're not experienced. And, and even and it doesn't really matter if they are because you're choreographing them and we're not using real technique anyway. That's what the problem was. It, they would just say, OK, just try something. And people would just try something and that's not choreography that's improv and when you're improving intimacy you're you can't act it you're just making out or touching each other and there's no separation between the actor and the work so depends on the kiss
0: how would you choreograph a kiss
1: okay so like romeo kisses juliet Um, A
0: deep falling in love kiss.
1: I would say, okay, we would discuss it first. We would talk about the context of the kiss. I would say, okay, so he's going to kiss her. We know that he initiates the kiss. She's going to receive it. Maybe she'll be a little surprised at first, and then she's going to relax into it. I teach on an intensity level scale of one to 10, so I map out the kiss. So I say, okay, Romeo, you're going to kiss her at a four, uh, from a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most intense and one being the least intense. Kiss her at a four. She's going to receive it. She's going to inhale. She's going to pull him in and bring the intensity level up to a seven. He's going to respond accordingly. They stay at a seven. And then the choreography goes like this four, four, four. Juliet initiates seven, 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 six, five, four, five off. And now the actors have a map so that they So very technical. Yeah. But they can still act it. They just know this is the map and how they kiss they are they handle that. I just handle getting them on the same page so that there's no surprises.
0: Yeah, so there's an actress named Emily Mead. She stars in David Simon's excellent HBO series, The Deuce, where she plays a porn actress, a porn star. Now, Emily played a very important role in bringing an intimacy coordinator from your organization onto their show. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So, my colleague
1: Alicia was approached because she works more in film, and I work more in live theater. Mm-hmm. And we had been talking to a lot of different organizations for years, trying to get somebody who could at least help us get this into the industry, because theater had it a little bit more, but they still haven't fully embraced it. And, um, you know, there's a little reservation about it, because like anything that has to do with sex, there's always somebody who is resistant. Right, right. It took me 15 years to convince people this was a valid specialty. So... Essentially, Alicia translated the protocol that I researched all those years, and she um, translated it literally for film specifically, for the show. and um, and so all of the technique is based off of the research. So it's researched for quite some time and peer reviewed and published. It's just she translated it for film. And that was when HBO picked it up. And I I guess it was really all just happening right at the same time. But we had been begging SAG to listen to us. We had been talking to a lot of different organizations. And our name had been on the tip of their tongues, but they hadn't pulled the trigger yet. And so I think that Emily um, requesting or asking if something could be done, you know, maybe word of mouth had spread all the way to Hollywood. Maybe, you know, maybe finally the term intimacy choreographer hit somebody's ear that was important enough that got to Emily. And she asked for one. And we were the organization that was ready because we had been researching it already. So that was when. Alicia went in to to, to handle it, and um, yeah, we're really happy that it happened. I mean, we're of course we're not happy that the reason that this is you know been so prominent now, that is because of the abuse in the industry. But we're really happy that we have a solution
0: for it. What was the abuse that you were seeing in the industry?
1: Uh, we were seeing all kinds of abuse, all kinds from uh assaults in front of an audience assaults on camera um people you know when you don't choreograph something and you say uh you say action and you go and the actors just do things but you don't really run through what they're going to do inevitably somebody's just going to get a little too into the character and someone might be surprised or things might just go a little bit further than they were expecting because there was no conversation, there were no boundaries discussed. And, and in theater, when that happens, sometimes it was happening on stage in front of an audience, somebody would change the choreography suddenly. But there's also things like just authority problems of you know, using power, using money, using bullying to get people to perform sex scenes instead of using consent, instead of using respect, instead of using an empowered actor of an actor who can say, "You know what? yeah, I will be happy to be naked, but I just have this one piece of me that I don't want to be seen. Is it okay if we do this angle? The intimacy coordinator is there to say, yes, we can we can angle you just like this if you need to. Let me ask the director if that's okay. And then we're the go-between. So then So the director gets their vision, the actor gets their dignity, and the screenwriter or the or the playwright gets their story told.
0: When you're working on a set or in theater, are you working with all the departments, like costumes, for example? I'm thinking of nude scenes and things like that.
1: Absolutely. Um, Alicia works very closely with costuming, with makeup, um, with even sound. You know, whenever they have to put mics on the actors, that's some part that she's always there for that moment. She's there protecting the entire crew. So whenever there is anything that involves some kind of physical contact that is intimate, she's there helping and navigating it for them and just making sure that everything is on the up and up, that there isn't anyone sneaking off or, you know, that everyone feels comfortable. And, I mean, and you can never be 100% safe because we're all human. But having somebody there who's responsible for consent prevents some of the incidents that we know have been happening in both theater and in film.
0: David Simon actually said that he'll never do another show without working with an organization like yours, without an intimacy coordinator. Why do you think that this has worked so well from his point of view? I think that people are finally
1: starting to understand that actors are human, and being human, that they get to go to work and not be assaulted. They get to have that. That's a right that they have. And before this protocol, it wasn't something that you could assume, you know, you just weren't sure. And so I think personally, when you use consent and you use communication with the actors and with the director and collaboration, true collaboration in the whole team, You only get better work out of the performers and out of the set, and everyone works together. It's a community, which is why we all got into the arts in the first place, was for the community. So it becomes less of just money and business and power and becomes more, look at this art that we can make together. And Isn't it more beautiful when we respect each other? Look at how much more comfortable these actors are when they're being respected versus, you know, screaming at them to take their shirts off. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that when directors find themselves in a situation where they can work with a valid and a trained intimacy coordinator, because not everyone is trained and it takes a lot of training to do this work. Um, I think that they'll understand why this is really important and why this is where we have to go. Just like having stunt coordinators, you don't want to do that without a stunt, you know, without a stunt coordinator running things you don't want to have fights where actors just go at it that makes no sense this is the same except it's not physical danger all the time sometimes it's physical danger but for the most part it's trauma you're trying to avoid sexual trauma is real and trauma in any case is something that can be lifelong damaging so if we can prevent trauma from happening in the industry then we're getting better work we're getting better art and we're, we're all, you know, treating each other better as
0: people. So is that what you're hoping for? That at some point an intimacy director will have the same relaxed and obvious role on a film set or in theater as, say, a fight coordinator or stunt professional?
1: Yeah. My whole goal by writing my thesis way back in the early 2000s was we have fight directors. Now we need intimacy directors. You know, we have fight choreographers. We need intimacy choreographers. This is a gaping hole and it's specialty. And I had to drop fights completely because if I hadn't, I would have just been a fight director who also choreographed sex. I had to stop choreographing fights in order to be taken seriously in this. Uh, And I needed to make it its own specialty. I had to put all of my energy into just being an intimacy choreographer to make it work. And I took a lot of hits for that early on. You know, a lot of a lot of resistance to that, especially in academia where I started. So it was not easy and there were a lot of places who did not accept it um, and still don't, honestly. But now now that we have the Me Too movement, now that we have consent, something that we're all talking about, the Time's Up movement, honestly, the election of, uh, of, our, of our newest president, all of those events, really played into everyone looking around and thinking about the way we treat each other and you know we don't want to be bullied anymore and so that's it was a huge wave that crashed with the wave i was riding and now it's something that i can't stop if i wanted to
0: thank you so much tanya for talking to me this was so interesting
1: thank you so much for having me i'm so excited that i could be here with you
0: Thank you so much to Tonia Sina. She is the Executive Director of Intimacy Directors International, and you can find a whole bunch of information about their organization on teamidi.org. And thank you for listening. Please send us your comments and thoughts on Twitter, at PodPopCulture. And if you have a moment, please rate and review on iTunes. That really helps us out. This show was edited by Catherine Lundell and I'm Christina Yarling Biro. Thank you so much for listening.
1: I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indie.